Hello and welcome to the For We Are Many podcast. My name is Rob. Hi, my name is Trisha. And we will be your hosts and comrades this evening. Um, we've got quite a bit of shit to talk about tonight. Um, hang on, I'm having difficulties here. There we go. I fixed it. <laughs> the video was like stuck in a loop instead of, you know, like clicking through to the next slide like it was supposed to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gotta love that shit. Right. Technical difficulties. Um, we have a few things to talk about tonight, as I was beginning to say. Um, of course, I would like to take the time to invite anyone and everyone to join our Patreon if you have the funds. If you don't have the funds, obviously, don't worry about it. Um, but any size donation that you can make helps us grow, um, helps us publish more content, helps us keep our website domain, um, you know, helps us keep our equipment running. Um, yeah. Hell, even it, our software we use to stream with, it helps tremendously with that too. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be talking about fascist fails of the week. That should be fun. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Mao and why he says reactionaries are paper tigers. I think that should be fun. Um, I think it rings truer and truer as time goes on, too. Um, yeah. We're going to discuss the city of Providence, we'll say upgrading the surveillance state. Um, it's some real life big brother shit. Um, there's another Rhode Island thing, right? Oh yeah. So we talked about on the last show, we talked about Rhode Island, the state of Rhode Island moving to evict, um, a homeless encampment from the state house. There was a protest that morning. Uh, we got a pushback till Wednesday. Um, it is now pushed back till Friday. We'll see how it plays out, but there's a lot to talk about in terms of the overall situation. Um, the National Labor Relations Board ruled today to permit employees to, uh, to recover foreseeable damages from employers for labor law violations. I know that's confusing. We're going to talk about what that means. Uh, when we get to it. Um, we've got weekly updates for the Railway Workers United. Um, and then a massive storm system is smacking the shit out of pretty much the entire US. And then since we didn't get to it last week, we're gonna try to discuss Cuba moving forward on a global scale. Um, it's been spending a lot of time and energy lately beefing up its international relationships, which are based in solidarity. Um, yeah. I think Cuba is a very good uh, way forward. And then I'm gonna promote it again at the end of the program, but on the 21st, 
at 7 Central Standard Time. There is a Movement for People's Democracy uh, discussion panel featuring Tom Watts of the original White Panther Party and Chairman Jay Consberry of the White Panther Party. Um, we're going to be discussing, you know, past activities. I just realized I still don't have my video on. Wow, that's funny. <laughs> Regarding past activities and current day issues. Uh, again, I will bring that back up at the uh, at the end. And we also now have a public Discord. I left the Patreon link on that slide. That's that's funny as well. Um, I have a link for the Discord. I will be dropping it in the comments. Um, the rules are pretty straightforward. Everyone's welcome if you follow the goddamn rules. Don't be an asshole, all right? If you're a chud, right. you're going to get banned in 0.5 seconds. So just don't even waste your time. Um, right. The rules are pretty much the same as what we have in our Facebook groups. They all amount to don't be a dick. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> where is that fucking... Oh, right. I have that open on my phone, not on this. Okay, I will go to the For We Are Many page and open the video there, damn it. Uh, that's... Um, the rules are pretty straightforward. Everyone's... There we go. Okay. Now I commented it in there. Um, anyway... I guess, um, I mean, I guess really we can move into the first topic, which is the fascist fails of the week. Because, right. There's been well, a few of them and they've been absolutely fucking golden to see play out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, it's, it's becoming more nationwide. Well, I, I put by the week on the screen, but really by the day, um, like for example, and this has gotten zero media attention. So I'll open with this one in Nashville, Tennessee, there was a drag brunch, um, that was, you know, protested unannounced by the Proud Boys and uh, America First, I believe, is the name of the other group. And um, so a few phone calls were made. And before you know it, there was more comrades there than there was fascists. They were outgunned at their own surprise protest. And that's. Yep. And I just want to start by saying that a year ago, I would not have pictured that possible as an organic development in the United States, but damn, am I glad to see it. Um, right. Got to give mad props to our comrades out there showing up and defending these events from these fucking Nazis. Absolutely. Absolutely. I want to get my music back, damn it. Oh, I had it with the, uh, I had it with the screen share, but I turned that off so we can, you know, like talk about it and we're actually like on the screen instead of just in the corner. <laughs> right. <laughs> it helps. A little more engaging at least. Yeah. Um, 
Hi, Austin. Hi, Natalie. Austin loves Hello. hearing about fascists that fail. I hope we all do. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, welcome to the show. I also have YouTube up. Are there any comments over there? Nope, just the restream bot rebroadcasting the Facebook comments. All right, so um, we're going to start with more... Um, public, I guess, everybody at this point, I assume, has heard about the Aztec feeder in San Antonio. Um, we're just going to, you know, pull up some videos off of Twitter. Um, but I'll, I'll read the tweet first. Demonstrators supporting and opposing the Christmas drag show at the Aztec feeder in San Antonio, San Antonio begun arriving. Both sides are armed. The far right group claims the show is grooming children. Counter protesters are here supporting LGBTQ rights and anti fascism. Um, so now I need to screen share again. <laughs> <clears throat> and there we go. Okay. That is video number one. This is just a picture. But um, as you see, a decently sizable crowd. This is in Texas. Right. Was it San Antonio, if I remember right? Yes. I love this couple. I aspire to be this couple. <laughs> I mean, seriously. You gotta love when my grandma and grandpa show up to protest fascism well armed. <laughs> yes, with red star t shirts, red bandanas. They knew what they were doing here. Right. <laughs> they didn't show up like, oops, I'm accidentally a communist. No, they were like, I'm a right. fucking communist. Um, it's kind of funny too because in some of the comments on this people were like oh my god liberals showed up with guns and we're like no no that, that's not liberals that's comrades these are commies <laughs> right. and socialists <laughs> we are the well armed proletariat we are not against guns like liberals are <laughs> Um, I have a a news article about it um i'm gonna play the the video pretty much and then we'll we'll discuss what they had to say about it uh, there we go this is a great video yeah Excellent. I've never seen such real journalism. 
right? It's beautiful. It worked Tonight's drag show performance just wrapped up outside of the Aztec Theater, and the groups for and against the performance made it very clear where they stand. A far right-wing groups who have been making unfounded claims about these drag performances were vastly outnumbered by those who showed up in support of the show and LGBTQ plus rights. The night team's John Paul Barajasa in the middle of the protesters. And John Paul, we need to mention some of these protesters were armed tonight. Steve, that's correct. And the crowds behind me have died down a lot, but lots of chanting and lots of emotions from both sides of the street. On this side, they're standing with the Aztec Theater and the drag queens who held the show that was open to all ages. The LGBT community standing on this side. Across the street, you got the Texas Freedom Force who is protesting, wanting the age limit to be 18 and older. Protesters lined both sides of the street outside the Aztec Theater for Tuesday's performance of a drag queen Christmas. The LGBTQ community fighting for their right to entertainment. We love drag. Drag is a space for creation and liberation, and we will not stand for a community that we love going down in the trenches due to a narrative that is false. Those across the street with the Texas Freedom Force say it's not appropriate in front of a child. I mean, come on now. This isn't Barney over here. San Antonio police also had a large showing many in tactical gear but both opposing time out but wasn't barney like abusing children right there has never been a fucking scandal of there being pedophiles amongst drag queens you know who there's always been scandal amongst of pedophilia is this white christian fascist fucking male and every one of these fucking neo-Nazi groups has literal convicted pedophiles in their rank and file. Every fucking one of them. They are the fucking predators, not the drag queens. Agreed. Groups also came armed. Those standing with the LGBTQ community telling us it was a reaction to the actions of the Texas Freedom Force. If they were reacting to us, we would have been out here with signs and flags, not guns. All of this coming as drag shows around the country were canceled to reported threats. That includes the Starlighter here in San Antonio. Its events are now canceled through the end of the year. This country is backpedaling in a nationwide agenda to dispose of the transphobic contribution to this nation and to this nation and culture. Brandon Burkhart with the Texas Freedom Force says his group was not involved with the reported threats. He adds they would not be protesting at the Aztec if its performance was adults only. You start bringing underage children into it, you know, it becomes our business. I would say to them to understand that we are coming from a place of love and from a place of liberation and from a place of freedom. SAPD sent us a statement that they were monitoring tonight's situation and fully prepared. They also added that they wanted to make sure everyone's constitutional right to freedom of speech was protected. And throughout our time being here, everything has remained peaceful up to this point. Still lots of activity, lots of police, still lots of people from the Texas Freedom Force, and lots of people standing with the LGBTQ community. Live at the Aztec Theater, John Paul Barajas, KSAP, 12 News. Keep up. This is one of those things that really infuriates me that Nazis keep trying to fucking show up at LGBTQ events because they're mad that we exist. Like, 
kindly fuck right off. And the kindly part is sarcasm. Because, you know, we don't have to defend our right to fucking exist. Nor do we have to exist in the manner which these fucking fascist trash wish that we did. That's not the way the world works. And um, I am pleased to announce that um, we were given permission to use the footage from Florida for free today. It does say to include a link to the original in your show notes description. I will have to add it, add that after the um, after the fact. At this point, um, actually, I skipped one, the Nashville one that I started talking about. Remember, I uh, last minute did find a a news video on it. I forgot about that. Yeah. Fire away! We can steamroll through all of them. I'm loving that we are seeing this much solidarity and resistance to Nazis in extremely fucking right-wing states. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's where the threat is most real. Right. Don't forget that. I mean, not you, but like, generally. Right. It's it's just beautiful because like these motherfuckers are expecting to show up and there be no resistance and then be able to bully people into shutting down their events and stuff. And instead, they're getting shown how hard they can go fuck themselves. And I love it. Right. Nashville's Disc Insider has hosted drag brunches for the community, but Sunday was the first time that they say extremists showed up. News 2's Miranda Whittington joins us outside their location. Now, Miranda, they did put out a statement talking about this incident. What did they have to say? Well, Mark, in their statement, they shared how sad and angry they were that everything took place on Sunday. Now, I did speak to an executive uh, director for an LGBTQ organization who also shared some of his concerns, and one of those was safety when it comes to those attending and performers. For three years, Disc and Cider provided Nashville with their serving of craft cider and a side of a little fun. That fun was their monthly drag show brunches. Makeup, costumes, lip syncing, dancing. These are a combined art form. But Sunday, they say that art form was threatened after Disc Insider released a statement saying organized extremists had congregated outside of their building opposing drag. The pattern continues. Chris Sanders is the executive director of the Tennessee Equality Project, who heard about what happened at the Cidery Sunday. It's really discouraging because drag is a source of fun and joy for people, and it's being treated as something sordid and dirty, and it's not. His organization fights for the equality of LGBTQ people in Tennessee and says he's spoken to performers in the area about this recent incident. There are still concerns and fears. I mean, I think people are worried about protesters showing up and possibly getting violent. Um, I think people are thinking more about security than they ever did before. Uh, it's really uh, a scary time. And the legislation that I've introduced for this session is not anti-trans, it's not anti-LGBTQ, it is pro-child. Senator Jack Johnson introduced new bills last month, one of them banning drag performances in public or in front of children. I do think it creates an atmosphere that gives more permission for those protesters to go out and attack things that are um, 
not worth attacking. Despite what happened, Disc Insider says they will continue hosting their drag brunches, something Sanders is glad to hear. The government, and certainly not a small group of insurrectionists, should be able to tell us how to dress when we perform, where we perform, you know, what we perform. Now, in Disc Insider's statement, they also shared that they did hire security for the event, and they say they're going to continue hosting their monthly drag show brunches, saying they want to create a safe and joyful experience for attendees. Live here in Nashville, I'm Miranda Whittington, News 2. <clears throat> so, with that being said, we collectively, as Brad Miller leaves, need to, you know, Attend these, carry arms, defend the community, teach them to defend themselves, help them get firearms if needed. This is our duty as citizens to make sure that people are not being killed by fascists for enjoying something. Right. And especially when, okay, when it comes down to like how they try to frame these things and frame their fucking protests is pretending as if they are defending kids. And I call bullshit on multiple levels because for one, kids aren't being harmed at these events. For two, these events are a safe space for kids to be able to gain some understanding. And as someone who knew that I was bisexual by the time I was like six or seven years old, I call bullshit on them wanting to pretend like kids are not aware of themselves. I, I knew at that age that I was bisexual. I'm sure most of these kids who are, you know, attending these things are also fully aware of whether they are attracted to boys or girls or both, etc that is simply an age where you start to become self-aware of those things. Um, you know, when when they want to talk about, oh, we need to protect kids. No, they're the ones we need to protect kids from because it's their hateful fucking rhetoric that has kids growing up hating themselves and committing fucking suicide because they feel unaccepted by the world around them because they have to hear that bigoted fucking trash being all over the fucking LGBTQ community that there's these fucking bigots out there who really fucking wish gay people just didn't fucking exist. Well, they can wish in one hand and shit in the other and see which one fills up first. They are the threat to children. They are the reason why kids are committing suicide left and right for being LGBTQ. They are the problem. Not the gay community. Great. I get so fucking sick of these people pretending like they want to protect kids, yet they're the same ones who want to cram heteronormative sexuality down kids' throats constantly, trying to tell them this is how you should be without any consideration for how they are. They don't, they don't give a flying fuck about kids being comfortable existing as they are. Right. They give a fuck about trying to condition them to this is what we want out of you. Grow up, be straight, be breeders. They're, it's the same people who are out here screaming about um, low birth rates and all that shit 
and, you know, alt-right incel dudes being mad that women don't want to date them. And it's like, you're the problem. Um, but not only that, they're the part of their hatred towards the gay community is because they feel like that's lowering their options. And it's like your mouth and the, your mind and your soul that sucks and stinks is what's lowering your options. You know, um, it's, it's all hateful fucking rhetoric that has no place in civilized society. They are the threat. Agreed. Completely. Um, we do have this footage. Uh, we will be linking it in the show notes. Um, at this point, it'll be after the stream. I'm already juggling too many things over here, but uh, this is not our content. We're using it for commentary purposes. want to take a moment oh jesus christ that's the guy that i paused it on <laughs> that like totally threw me off base a lot um but this is what free speech absolutism gets us every time it's perfectly legal for them to just go out and say this kind of shit. We're we're just here to make sure that 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 both sides can speak their voice. We're just here to make sure that they don't get out of hand. What? You're shitting me, right? This is a gays against rumor rally. This isn't an LGBTQ Antifa rally. They showed up because you are there. Right. So like right off the rip, how their side is portraying it is disgusting. Um, well, the thing when they're when they're able to run their mouths, then they're self-identifying as okay, you are the trash that uh, we are up against, and so it's definitely a slippery slope there. The fact of the matter is, is free speech doesn't mean consequence free speech. Free speech means the government can't come after you for the shit that falls out of your fucking face. But that doesn't mean the rest of us can't squash your shit. That doesn't mean you can't get punched in the fucking mouth. 
for the things you have to say that are hateful rhetoric about how you don't want other people to fucking exist. So let them bear the consequences. Let them get bricked in the fucking mouth. They want to keep showing up and running their fucking mouths? We can shut their mouths for them. And show them that we will not put up with their bullying. We will not put up with their hate. We will not put up with their fascist fucking desire to fucking squelch us out of existence. It's not for them to determine. Agreed. Agreed. Um, That being said... There we go. I've I've seen enough of their side. But I mean we see what we're up against, right? You see this you see this guy with his white power hand gesture up there? You you see this guy? How is it right. that white supremacists are always the least supreme whites? Always, every fucking time. And it's like, oh, you've just self-identified as white trash. Yeah. What is going on with this video here? Did I break it? I'm not sure, because I have low signal today, so my shit's been kind of wonky and looping the video in and out anyways. Glad I dialed in. Just a moment (laughs) here. I'm going to refresh the page. Oh, wait, wait. It came back as soon as I stopped the screen share. Go. Of course. Screen share. (laughs) Never has been before. Give me a second here. I probably have too many goddamn tabs open. You know how, you know how it'd be. Right. Um. There, I closed some shit. <laughs> YouTube popped up with a thing like experiencing interruptions. Find out why. <laughs> like me. Oh my God. I agree with what she's saying. Screaming. Wow, a guy fox mask. I haven't seen one of those in a while. Where's the freedom? It's state. 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 Where's the
But the, the point is, though, that much like in Texas, we're seeing massive crowds of people actually defending the LGBTQ community. That's huge. That's huge. Like I said earlier in the show a year ago, I would not have thought that a spontaneous organic mobilization like this would be possible. But you know, like you got the fascists showing up with guns and then you've got the anti-fascists showing up with more people and more guns. Um, Which brings me to how I wanna close out this section. We're gonna read some Mao, right? Yeah. and, and we're gonna discuss what it means. Um, we're, we'll be reading from the Little Red Book, chapter six, imperialism and all reactionaries are paper tigers. Yep. I'm gonna start right with the first quote. All reactionaries are paper tigers. In appearance, the reactionaries are terrifying, but in reality, they're not so powerful. From a long-term point of view, it is not the reactionaries, but the people who are powerful. Just as there is not a single thing in the world without a dual nature, this is the law of the unity of opposites. uh, So imperialism and all reactionaries, 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 uh, have a dual nature. They are real tigers and paper tigers at the same time. In past history, Before they won state power and for some time afterwards, the slave owning class, the feudal landlord class and the bourgeoisie were vigorous, revolutionary and progressive. They were real tigers. But with the lapse of time, because their opposites, the slave class, the peasant class and the proletariat grew in strength step by step, struggled against them more and more fiercely. These ruling classes changed step by step into the reverse, changed into reactionaries, changed into backward people, changed into paper tigers. Moreover, eventually they were overthrown or will be overthrown by the people. The reactionary backward decaying classes retain this dual nature even in their last life and death struggles against the people. On one hand, they were real tigers. They devoured people. They devoured people by the millions and the tens of millions. The cause of the people's struggle went through a period of difficulties and hardships. And along the path, there was many twists and turns. To destroy the rule of imperialism, feudalism, and bureaucrat capitalism in China took the Chinese people more than 100 years and cost them tens of millions of lives before the victory in 1949. Look, were these not living tigers, iron tigers, real tigers? Nevertheless, in the end, they changed into paper tigers, dead tigers, and bean curd tigers. These are historical facts. Have people not seen or heard about these facts? There have indeed been thousands and tens of thousands of them, thousands and tens of thousands. Hence imperialism and all reactionaries looked at in essence from a long-term point of view, from a strategic point of view, must be seen for what they are, paper tigers. On this, we should build our strategic thinking. On the other hand, they are also living tigers, iron tigers, real tigers that can and I'm gonna add, and will devour people. On this, we should build our tactical thinking. Um, I mean, I, I don't, I'm not gonna read the whole chapter. There's no real reason to, but um, there's a couple 
I'm going to read the next one and then stop because I really like this one. I have said that all the reputedly powerful reactionaries are merely paper tigers. The reason is that they are divorced from the people. Look, was Hitler not a paper tiger? Was Hitler not overthrown? It is. I also said that the Tsar of Russia, the Emperor of China, and Japanese imperialism were all paper tigers. As we know, they were all overthrown. U.S. imperialism has not yet been overthrown, and it, and it has the atom bomb. I believe it will also be overthrown. It, too, is a paper tiger. What he's saying is that they put up this, this aggressive, like, domineering front, right? But that's all it is. Behind that, they're just fucking a piece of paper waiting to be torn in half. Right. It really shows itself when you literally see the wind taken out of their fucking sails and the disappointment on their faces because they think that they're going to show up and be abusive, bullying cunts. And instead, they get outnumbered and outgunned by those of us who actually have some fucking ethics and won't allow it. And that right there shows for itself that they are in fact paper tigers what they want is to not even be confronted with opposition at all they think that they can fucking show up and swing their fucking guns around like it's an excuse for not having a fucking personality and as if it represents any kind of testicular fortitude but the second they're confronted with a massive group that is larger than them and also heavily armed, they go, oh, fuck. Like, yeah, you ain't going to pop some shit off when you know that you are outnumbered and outgunned. And this shows exactly what we can achieve if we keep this energy going right fucking here. That if you know that there is an LGBTQ event going on that could even potentially get some of these Nazis showing up trying to protest, take your ass down there and bring your fucking guns with you and stand with our community and don't allow them to be these fucking bullies that they want to be. Eventually, they're going to run out of fucking steam out of self-defeatism when they keep seeing that they are a very fucking tiny minority and will be outnumbered and outgunned every fucking time. We do not have to allow them to keep showing up and trying to threaten the safety of our community. We shouldn't allow them to. Um, Absolutely. In the comments, Kami Stone said, very interested in this portion. I haven't read Mao yet. So I put in the comments a link to the Little Red Book um, or quotations from Mao Zedong uh, from the Marxist Internet Archives. Um, That's what's up. And I also want to, because it's still very much on the same note, I want to take two quotes from chapter seven. Okay, so like being a Panther fan, right? We know that they use the title of chapter seven a lot, Dare to Struggle and Dare to Win. Um, yep. And that goes hand in hand with fighting these paper tigers. And I have two quotes specifically that I think are relevant. To these situations and then we'll talk about that and then we'll move on um but people of the world unite and defeat the u.s aggressors and all their running dogs 
People of the world, be courageous and dare to fight, defy difficulties and advance, wave upon wave. Then the whole world will belong to the people. Monsters of all kinds shall be destroyed. I mean, that's, I think, gonna always be relevant. <laughs> but uh, the other one that I wanted to touch on, historically, all reactionary forces on the verge of extinct, uh, extinction, sorry, invariably conduct a last desperate struggle against the revolutionary forces. And some revolutionaries are apt to be deluded for a time by this phen phenomenon of outward strength, but inner weakness, failing to grasp the essential fact that the enemy is nearing extinction while they themselves are approaching victory. Um, Castro said some similar things. Um, and fuck, so did Lenin. Um, right. But, I mean, it, it really ties in with uh, revolutionary optimism. And, you know, like, capitalism may seem insurmountable, but so did the divine right of kings. Right. And capitalist propaganda is always trying to further that narrative. That there is no better alternative. We've reached the end of history. No. No, we have not. No, we, we've merely reached the end of capitalism and we can see it for ourselves as it fucking decomposes. It's eating itself. It's destroying itself. It's not sustainable. Um, and that's why they're, they're trying to push pro-capitalist fucking propaganda that much harder to really try to convince people this is the only way shit can be. And it's like, yeah, no. Humans have been on this fucking planet for how many fucking tens of thousands of years? Capitalism has existed merely for hundreds. It is an exploitative system which serves only the oppressor. Those who wish to fucking exploit every fucking bit of resources and people to treat the masses as a fucking commodity ourselves for them to get wealthy from and act like we should be thankful for the fucking table scraps that we get in exchange for our time and our labor and our skills that are making all of that value and that wealth being produced in the economy. When it comes down to it, we are far more valuable than any one of these fucking billionaires. They do nothing. They contribute nothing. I don't give a flying fuck. Oh, they contributed capital. Cool. Um, you having capital doesn't fucking mean that you are entitled to exploit labor. That doesn't mean that you own the value of people's labor. That doesn't mean you uh, get to use things such as sexism, racism, and homophobia to keep people divided and try to uphold your exploitative system. Fuck these oppressors. I, I will gladly reference Bell Hooks here, who coined this so beautifully because these facets cannot be separated from each other that what we live in is racist sexist capitalist patriarchy and in order to fucking stop the oppression happening from any one of those facets we must address them all right i mean as as rafa from the brown berets put it in chicago um you know it's not being woke we shouldn't be anti-woke because being woke just means that you know what's up. You respect yep. people. 
holy shit, right. is that that hard? Right. In your knowledge, you are aware of the fact that this fuck system is built on oppression. Yes. That there is literally varying strata that they use to fucking oppress specific groups of people. And that it's enshrined in fucking law. It's being upheld by fascist-ass, narcissistic, fucking anger management issues walking around with guns. And yes, I mean the pigs. This entire system is fucked. So if we're going to fix any of it, we must fix all of it. Not just one facet. Um... So there's a little conversation going on in the in the comments here. Austin said, there is always an end to a system that doesn't support the people. I responded saying it'll lose support of the masses. Austin said, as soon as they realize what it is and has done, it's probably the worst system ever to grace the earth. And I want to point out that capitalism is not only responsible for Hitler and the genocide of the Jews under his, his command, but where did he get the idea from? The genocide of Native yeah. Americans and the enslavement of Africans. Yep. Yep. Exactly. The all the way down to the eugenics experiments that were happening up in fucking Vermont. Yep. Um, and then now to I suppose move on to the next topic. The I guess I'll just come straight out and say it, the surveillance state in Providence. Um, the city of Providence is purchasing 60 new traffic cameras. Um, this big brother move is intended to make it easier for police to track down criminals. Um, no, it's making it easier to fill prison beds and generate revenue. All cops are right. bastards. Right. Um, Anyway, I'd like uh, to point out one of the things we were discussing earlier about this, that they're bragging about how crime rates are down there. It's a very low crime area already. Uh, what's the purpose then of even doing this other than to monitor other activities that are actually not criminal, but they want to criminalize, such as squashing dissent? of like, oh, you're leaving a protest? Now we've got your plate number and can find you and fucking come raid you for speaking out against the fucking state. This is Big Brother shit all the fucking way. Yeah. Um, there's, so there's going to be 60. There is 25 that were installed back in September for a one-year program. So... There was a grace period of like three months and they just started issuing tickets with these cameras. Um, I want to say it was in the middle of November. Um, and, and they're already purchasing 60 more. Um, the new cameras are part of a three-year contract for $160,000 a year. Imagine what that could do to the homeless struggle. Right. Um, police right. said because of how effective it was, more are being added throughout the capital city. Mayor Jorge Alorza said he's proud of what these cameras have done for the city and making it a safer place and deterring criminals. And this is a quote. If you're someone who is engaged in serious crime, 
aka property crime. In the city of Providence, with these license plate readers, your chances of getting caught have skyrocketed. But police who made this announcement in the first place also discussed updated statistics on crime levels in Providence, saying violent crime is down 37% over the past 12 years. Speaks volumes. What's your real motivation, motherfuckers? Right. I want to switch the other Rhode Island topic to here. I don't know why I didn't put them together. Give me just a second here to. I don't know, but it's extremely applicable considering the massive show out of, of protesters last weekend that you and Alyssa joined. I don't know that I actually necessarily say massive. There was a decent crowd, especially for the time and place. Um, it, it was at nine o'clock in the morning. Um, so, you know, that <laughs> let's start with that. Or was it at eight o'clock? I don't remember. I got up super early. Um, I say massive because at least from the video feeds that I saw from you and Alyssa, that place was packed. At least the inside of that building was fucking packed and there was more people outside. So that's huge to actually see that many people coming out and standing up for the homeless community. Like, no, the state doesn't have the right to fucking just snatch up their tents and what little property they have, throw it in the garbage or send them back into the fucking woods so they don't have to look at them and see the problems that they have created under capitalism. Right. Um. Good news is there was a housing coalition that was birthed at the protest inside the Rhode Island State House. Um, there was a lot of liberal groups, but there was also a lot of comradely groups. Um, right. And I have not been able to make it to a single meeting since then because they schedule them on a day and time that I'm typically working. So I'm working to rectify that. Um, yeah, um, but a court, as of right now, a court hearing Friday will determine the fate of the encampment. Um, if, if that is the case, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to see if there's something going on Friday. If there is, then I will go to it. Um, right. And then, you know, we'll have, I mean, if it's something big, I'll go live. I was going to go live that morning, um, but I really was not prepared to do so. Um, Whereas next time, potentially tomorrow, I will be more prepared. You know, I got a battery bank and I got my phone and I got warm clothes, so I should be fine, weather permitting. Um, but I'm not sure. Yesterday, there was two protests simultaneously during the hearing. There was one at the Superior Court building and one at the State House at, at the homeless encampment. Um, but this, uh, three days ago, Democratic Governor uh, Dan McKee accused homeless activists and advocates of working to keep homeless on the streets. And, um, oh, I mean, you got to see this shit to believe it. I'm trying to identify encampments that we can't find. I was out actually on Saturday with staff trying to find. God damn it. 
Can you turn the volume up on the video? Because I can't really hear it, especially with the background music. Yeah, I'm actually going to pause the background music is what I'm about to do. The video is quiet. There's not much I can do about that. Right. That's why I turned on the uh, subtitles as well. And Take two. Trying to identify encampments that we can't find. And... Really? I don't know why I'm having such difficulties today. Realistically, no, probably should have rebooted my internet before the stream. I usually do, but I didn't today. And it's biting me in the ass, if you can't tell. Hey, shit happens. You're not in control of the interwebs. No. For their speed. And I'm trying to identify encampments that we can't find. And I was out actually on Saturday with staff trying to find encampments that were uh, that were pointed out as being active and they weren't active. So we're going to have to find out where people are. But in in this particular case, we're trying to we're trying to do our best to shelter people who are currently homeless in front of the state house and around the state. And yet there are activists and advocates that are going to court to do the complete opposite to try to give the, you know, to try to keep the homeless homeless. So it, it doesn't make sense to me, uh, but uh, maybe it does to other people. So we'll, what we're going to do is continue to do our job, which is to work with providers, uh, get the armory ready, open up more beds uh, as uh, projected. That we still have um, 150 to 200 beds that we have funded in the summer. Uh, that have not opened up, so we got to work with the providers to make sure those beds are open. Governor, why, 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 why is it December? They're not fun, They're not created no, yet. No, I don't think. I don't believe that's actually. When we open we're up the army and start adding the inventory that's there, we're going to make sure that uh, people who want to go inside uh, have that option. Governor, it's mid-December. Why haven't been built yet. We knew winter was coming. We've known winter is coming. It comes well, every year. Memorial Hospital that had a major malfunction that took out 170 beds. I think that people should understand that. Uh, and the work is being done right now. And right now, there's options that are being provided uh, throughout uh, the efforts that are going on. Thanks, guys. Yeah. That guy. You know, I can call bullshit on so many fucking levels. Uh, because for one, the people are not out there protesting to keep the homeless unhoused. The people are out there protesting because real housing solutions are not being presented. This motherfucker wants to talk about, oh, well, you know, we funded more beds at our incredibly shitty shelters. Well, that is not a housing solution. Right. That is putting a fucking bandaid on a severed artery. Who the fuck wants to deal with? Staying in a shitty ass shelter where you get kicked out first thing in the fucking morning. You have a fucking curfew where you have to check back in by 4 or 5 p.m. or else you don't even have a fucking bed for the night. You have no fucking privacy. You have no fucking security. You're not allowed to really have much. Maybe the fucking clothes on your back in a small bag. Um, so if you have an entire tent full of what seldom few fucking things you still own. You've got nowhere to put those. If you have pets, even if they are, you know, support animals, you can't bring those in those shelters. It's really, really fucking hard to find a shelter that is actually pet friendly. And not to mention, this is not a permanent solution. 
No. This does not No, and that any was one of the Agreed. That was one of the first things that the Providence Housing Coalition established at the Capitol that day was enough Band-Aid solutions. We've been doing this shit for 30 years. Well, some of them, not me, but we've been doing this shit for 30 years. We've been asking nice for 30 years and not a goddamn thing has changed. There has been no permanent uh, solutions, um, you know, that have been offered. It's all just talking about expanding shelter beds. And there's a million different reasons that anyone who's or who's ever been homeless knows um, that shelters are a terrible option for most people. Right. They split up families. You can't go and shelter together as like a husband and wife with your kids. No, they're going to separate the men from the women and the children. So you can't even keep your family together in one shelter. Um, all kinds of issues. Not to mention, who wants to be treated like a fucking child by a paternalistic fucking system like that that literally wants to fucking commandeer every fucking facet of your day and leave you with zero self-determination? Fuck that. A real housing solution is providing people with housing that they then own. Private fucking home. I don't care whether it's a house. A well, I don't care whether they own it. The private fucking home. I I do. I think that you should own that. If even if it is a fucking housing project, guess what? You should own your apartment and never have to worry about losing that because of some other bullshit going on for continued funding to pay rent to somebody landlording that that property. Well, you I mean, never I'm not disagreeing with that, but what I'm saying is to immediately address the issue, they need private individual housing, not shelters. Yeah. They need actual real housing. I mean, right. I don't think most of them would care if they were owning it or, you know, like they're on a lease. The point is they're not on the fucking street. I mean, I just think for it to actually be permanent would have to be more than just a rental situation where I rent is being saying. covered by tax dollars that could then be repealed. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, um, it's Common very Stone said in the comments, taking someone's home away or financial security is a form of violence. Yes, completely. Goddamn right it is. Goddamn right it is. Because ethically speaking, that which is necessary for survival is a human right. Housing is necessary for survival. It is a human right, not a fucking commodity. Agreed. Um, so anyway, Dan McKee, the, uh, the old white guy that you saw on the, uh, on the screen there for a minute, um, tried issuing an order to evict these people that are literally living on the front lawn of the capital in Providence. And um, there was a, a protest with a, a pretty sizable turnout considering the circumstances. Um, you know, it was very early, it was very windy, it was very cold. Um, and we were probably, there was probably like 250 people there or so um, at the peak. 
and um, the the eviction order was temporarily blocked. That was till Wednesday. Well, the hearing got pushed back till Friday because the judge got flooded with a mountain of paperwork. Um, so like, you know, people, malicious compliance, I believe is the term, um, where people are, you know, like filing motions and, you know, filing complaints and this, that, and the other thing um, consistently. And uh, the, the judge himself called it a mountain of paperwork. And man, does that make me happy. Um, but it was delayed till Friday. So uh, we will see tomorrow what the state is going to do. Um, but enough is enough. And I think that we all agree that enough is enough. Um, we want a real solution for this. Not this bullshit of, oh, you have a 501c3 shelter profiteering off of exploiting people's fucking bad luck and suffering under capitalism. Fuck that. Fuck that. The real solution is to give them actual housing. Agreed. And think uh, about it. It's not just the cost of expanding shelters and number of beds. It's cost of salaries for people to manage that shit and be running those shelters and all of that. You know how much more good that money would do to actually give people real fucking housing? Yeah. Not that difficult to conceptualize of how much better it would be to actually solve the problem of here now you have your own living space you have a kitchen you have a bedroom you have a bathroom your immediate material needs there are met that's not what's happening in these fucking shelters no not even kind of um i guess that brings us to our next topic this one's going to be a short one um I mean, there's not really a whole lot to say about it. This, I think, is a step in the right direction. But like any other labor laws that we have had uh, long term, I don't think they really, um, well, they don't do enough to begin with. And they're always scaled back or repealed completely by subsequent um, regimes. But for now, the National Labor Relations Board is permitting employees to recover foreseeable damages from employers for labor law violations. Um, the board significantly expanded the damages available to employees in unfair labor practice proceedings. Um, Kami Stone said, homelessness is a tool of capitalism. Its existence is intentional. Yes, yes, yep. capitalism requires a underpaid, undercared for, uh, working class to where, where do you think all the money for them from the people on top? Where do you think that all comes from? Um, right. But yes, the, the homelessness crisis, uh, unemployment rates, um, um, shitty wages. These are all things that are built into capitalism. Yeah. They cannot emotionally manipulate you into keeping a shitty job and slaving the fuck away for them without that threat of homelessness looming over your fucking head. Yeah. 
Um, so damages for employees wrongfully discharged in violation of federal labor law have traditionally been limited to back pay and reinstatement. Now the board in a three to two decision, look how close that is, you know, just talking about it potentially being repealed in the future. Right. Um, has ruled that such employees are entitled to uh, all direct or foreseeable financial harms arising from the employer's violation. The board majority defines direct harms as those resulting directly from the employer's unlawful conduct and foreseeable harms as those which the employer knew or should have known would likely would be likely to result from the employer's violation of the act. Um, including foreseeable harms is an unprecedented expansion of the board's traditional remedy. The board does not specify what types of pecuniary harms are foreseeable. However, in describing what would constitute a foreseeable harm, the board mentions as a start, out-of-pocket medical costs, credit card interest, late fees due to missed payments, tax penalties arising from uh, early 401k withdrawals, and even the loss of a home because of the inability to make mortgage payments. That means that if you are wrongfully terminated and you take your case before the National Labor Relations Board and you lose your house in the meantime, that your former employer has a responsibility to make that right. Yep. That is, that is huge. As far as American labor law goes, that is huge. Um, right. That might actually make them think twice about fucking around lest they find out just how expensive it is to fuck around like that when it comes to your labor force. Because they'll get a, a small taste of how expensive it is to be poor. Right. But these companies bear those costs of lost homes and all of that and see how quickly they get their fucking shit together as far as how they treat employees. Uh, Natalie said the homeless are used to keep the workers working for capitalist masters and what could happen to them if they don't keep working for the dollar. Well said. Um, to prove damages under the new standard, the general counsel will have the initial burden of producing evidence of the amount of the harm and whether it was A, directly caused by the employer's unfair labor practice or B, foreseeable at the time of the unfair labor practice. The employer will then have the opportunity to challenge the amount of present evidence that the harm would have occurred even absent the unfair labor practice and or establish that the harm was not foreseeable. Good luck with that. Um, the new standard applies immediately to all existing cases. So, you know, small victories. Um, <laughs> I never changed the, the sub headline. That's funny. That was about Jim Crow Joe's strike busting extravaganza. Um, <laughs> I didn't even catch that when we were going through this earlier either. <laughs> right. Whoops. It happened. Shit. Um, <laughs> on Tuesday, there was um, there was uh, rallies um, all across the nation to draw the public's attention towards the need for increased rail safety, prior prioritizing the need to maintain two-person crews, not one. That's one of the things that they were trying to negotiate in their uh, contract. Uh, the devastating effects of so-called precision scheduled railroading 
on the nation's rail workers, shippers, passengers, and economy. Um, the Surface Transportation Board conducted a major hearing on this very question today. Um, so I don't know how that turned out, but I'm sure we'll be talking about it next week. Um, and also I got a, a press release from the Railway Workers Union. Um, the rail workers ousted the union president who backed the labor deal. Um, and, and, and like the editor added a note to the top that the BLET president Pierce was one of the rail labor's most entrenched officials. His ouster by an unknown working railroader with limited resources and a very limited campaign speaks volumes of the discontent in the ranks, not just of the BLET, but, of, but out of all rail labor. Union leaders might be able to coax, cajole, badger, and bully workers into voting for an agreement they don't want, but apparently they do this at their political peril. Next up for election, in the coming months, um, officials of District Number 19 and the International Association of Machinists, those officials browbeat their members into voting not once but twice, but for, uh, for a contract they did not want. Um, the dude, is, the dude who won is Eddie Hall, who is a working engineer who pushed for a more aggressive stance and contract showdown. Weird. Who would have ever seen that coming? Right. Somebody um, who's actually ever gives more of a fuck about labor than bureaucracy. He is a working engineer in the Union Pacific Railroad based in Tucson, Arizona. He's worked on the rails for 28 years and has been a local union officer for the past 12. He says he never considered trying to move up in the union ranks until last fall. Um, in an interview, Hall said his election spoke to rank and file frustrations. The leadership failed to listen to the membership throughout the negotiations. Quote, we have a union, but members are not involved. I'm hoping to get out and listen to the membership. So, you know, he's coming from an old school, you know, serve capacity. Um, I guess we'll see how that plays out, but I have high hopes. If the, if the workers believe in him, I believe in him. It's that simple. Um, I am gonna post the link to the full article in the comments. Um, let me see if I got, what is their website? <laughs> I thought that I had that in my notes, but I don't. And, um, we are running a little short on time, so I'm going to skip the Chris Hedges article that I was going to read from. Um, but really, to be honest, it's all summed down in the headline. The ruling class broke the railway, the railway strike because that's what it means to be the ruling class. Capitalists doing capitalist shit. It's that simple. Right. The fact that they have anointed themselves the false sense of authority to be like, we can make your striking illegal shows right there what they really give a flying fuck about. And it's not the workers. 
and they should have never had the capacity to do so in any fucking way, shape, or form. Completely agreed. All right, so the next thing is um, the the massive storm system currently pummeling the U.S. Um, with snow, wind, rain, tornadoes, the whole nine yards. Um, I have a video um, that's not the one in there. Um, I don't want Fox. I always, you know, it's always Fox that has a fucking live stream, isn't it? I was trying to get up to date information. Well, I mean, I am going to get up to date information. I just didn't want to use Fox. um yeah last night now i um at least according to the radar and i'm yet to see anything sorry about further ground but uh the radar was showing some tornadoes having touched down in Mississippi. um i do not know the extent to the damage there but hopefully we can find out with Whatever live coverage here. This was actually live last night. Um, and to be honest, I don't really care about what she's saying right there. It's kind of just an introduction. And of course, it's going to freeze again. Um, but they, they had a drone out today. It was live. Obviously, it's, it's not now. But I'm going to go to a live to... Um, just outside of Grove Hill, Alabama. Show what it's doing tonight. There we go. Really? I'm getting really frustrated here. I'm going to try to refresh it and see if that helps. In the meantime, we want to talk to field meteorologist Brett Adair, who has been tracking uh, this dangerous weather, as well as heartbreaking stories now unfolding out of the south. And the story continues, I think, into tonight. With oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Brett joins us now on the phone from just outside of Grove Hill, Alabama, with his reaction to everything that's going on out there. And, you know, Brett, you are absolutely no stranger to events like this. Again, Louisiana typically does see bad weather right but this late in the year it's a little bit of um, a little bit of an anomaly would you say well nick i mean let's face it it seems like every single week since we've really started november we've had some sort of severe weather event that we've been dealing with i don't want to say that it's unprecedented for this time of the year because we do deal with a secondary season especially in deep south but so many of them back to back again it seems like every week we've dealt with you know tornadoes or the possibility of such and unfortunately 
we dealt with a lot of destruction, and that continues to be the case as we went in the afternoon today. We saw a lot of damage across areas of Mississippi, Louisiana, that has continued tonight. We're starting to see those storms push into Alabama. The only thing that we can say is hopefully, now that we've got a lot of stratiform-type infection, a lot of these cells are embedded within that. One thing I can tell you, this rain is very, very cool, and these downdrafts near these cells are very, very cool, and they're having a hard time sustaining anything of a very long track. So we're hopeful maybe we can see a downtrend across portions of Alabama, maybe the panhandle of some of this. However, as you look down in the Gulf of Mexico, there's tons of juice and there's tons of individual sailor structures that are going to come on shore. And we've seen big, big, big water spout and, you know, some of those becoming tornadoes as they've moved on shore today, too. So this is going to go on again for another 24 hours as portions of the Florida Peninsula and even coastal South Carolina and Georgia deal with this on Thursday. Yeah, I mean, we're already watching some of these. So that that's just one, right? That's not the only um damn it there we go uh this is in louisiana live from st charles parish louisiana where we just learned the tornado that hit this area it has a preliminary rating as an ef2 Mitty, what does it look like on the ground in st charles parish Hey, well, good afternoon, Kendall. I can tell you that you really just can't put into words the devastation that we're seeing across this community here in Kelowna. We see cars flipped over, power lines are down, trees are down, and I'm here with Mr. Rodney Woods. Now, he's uh, been a resident, he tells me, all his life, and he was literally driving home when that tornado hit. Uh, sir, thank you for joining us. Can you just tell our viewers, what did you see yesterday? As I was driving off Harvey 3127, trying to get to my house just a few blocks away, I could see uh, just a lot of debris and, 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 and flying through the air. And as I made a right turn to come to my street, the windows just blew out of my car. So I'm saying, hey, something's really going on. The car starts shaking. I'm trying to drive as, as steady as I can, making it home. In a matter of seconds, it was gone, but when I turned on my street, I saw nothing but devastation. A home totally destroyed where there was a fatality, my neighbor's houses destroyed, and I was blessed. As I got closer to my house, I could see that I still had a house with a roof on it, so I didn't. I came out a lot better than most on my street, but we do feel for my neighbors, for sure. Sir, at the time, you know, we were talking on camera, did you know it was a tornado at the time? I actually did not know. I know they said it was expected bad weather, so I was trying to get home before the bad weather came in. Once I saw the flying debris, it kind of gave me an idea, but then when my window imploded, that really woke my brain up, and I'm like, Lord God, please just let me make it safely to my house. Which some power lines were down, I wasn't able to drive all the way to my house, but I could see that it was still there. And then at that moment, people just started coming out of their homes. My neighbors came out of their homes, children yelling and screaming. And all I could do at that time was get them in my car out of the weather and then try to dial 911 from my car. You know, sir, here in southern Louisiana, I tell people all the time, we know hurricanes, we know floods. Tornadoes are so much different. Um, can you just really talk about that perspective? What makes a tornado 
so different than a hurricane. What's so different is just that it's just so instantaneous. It happens so fast. Even though I heard the siren warning going off, that was only seconds before the tornado actually hit. So it's just that it happens so fast. You don't get that time to prepare at all. You told me that you're a first responder and you, you've never seen anything like this. So what's keeping you going as we see the devastation and guys you don't see this but in front of me is a car in front of his home power lines are literally down in front of his yard and we talked about this right yeah, it yeah. was almost a blessing that you weren't home what is keeping you going when you see this what keeps me going really is my faith in God my pastor was just here earlier and basically my faith in God and trusting in him and, and believing and uh, being a first responder I do have some training but when it's you that it's happening to you really have to dig in and be that strong pillar not just for yourself but for the neighbors that you're trying to help also and speaking of strong, strong pillar, uh, Kendall, there's people in his house right now, and it looks as though you all are breaking bread and drinking water, and this is what we're seeing throughout the community, even though there's devastation throughout, and it's just unimaginable what people are going through. This is a community uh, that literally just recovered from Hurricane Ida last year, and now they're going through this again. It's people like Mr. Woods coming out in this. Um, so in the comments, Austin said, I hope they get the mutual aid that they need. Uh, do we know anyone over there? The only people I know that are even relatively close are Hi and Josh, and I tagged them both. Um, hopefully they see it and, you know, know something. Um, <laughs> Austin said, not trying to offend anyone, but it would be nice if we could rely on each other and not the sky daddy. Um, so now I'm going to try to find, um, live right, right now. Well, I don't want sky cams. There was so many like independent ones last night, but I'm not seeing any yeah. that are live right now. The, the nearest that I'm seeing actually is on the CBS evening news two hours ago. So I guess that's what we'll go with. Give me just one second to screen share. This is just a short, like one minute thing. Well, let's find out where the dangerous weather is headed next. Mike Bettis is tracking it all for us with our partners at the Weather Channel. Good evening, Mike. Nora, good evening. Winter storm Diaz still causing major issues across the plains and really Midwest, multiple states with blizzard warnings in effect. Winds gusting 50 miles an hour or more. Blowing snow, an issue. Obvious, we're going to have some problems on the roadways. Want to take you just outside the Twin Cities on Route 36. Notice the snow here. Vehicles overturned in the median. And now these travel problems? 
Working their way into the Northeast, we have snow across Pennsylvania, New York, eventually into New England. We've got rain right along I-95. All of that pushes its way farther north and east going through the day on Friday, wrapping up on Saturday. I-95 should remain mostly wet, not snowy, but we expect major slowdowns at the airports. All those airports highlighted in red anticipate lengthy delays. How much snow do we pick up? Nor in some places we are shoveling out two feet or more. Incredible, Mike. That's yeah, amazing. parts of uh, Vermont and upstate New York are looking at like two feet of snow. Um, yeah. It's pretty wild. And then uh, I'm obviously not going to go through a six hour thing here, but I will. Are they not talking at all through this? Oh, come on. Really? Okay, there does not appear to be sound here. Well, that's annoying. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's been leaving a trail of destruction um, pretty much across the entire nation. Uh, we're looking at, at serious winds and rains, possibly more tornadoes in uh, Florida. Uh, we're looking at extremely heavy snow in New England, um, like, well, northern New England. Like I said, parts of Vermont, Maine, New Hampshire, upstate New York, uh, looking at, you know, 18 plus inches. Uh, some, some spots over two feet. Um, and that's after, you know, at least, uh, what was it, three, I think, dead in Louisiana and at least two dead in Mississippi. Um, uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is if you're in the path of the storm, be safe. Right. Luckily, it seems like um, at least where I'm at, we're just going to get some rain out of it. It shouldn't be too heavy, but a couple hours north of this, they're going to get smacked pretty hard with snow. Um. All right, I guess that brings us to uh, it was slide was I on. Oh, there we are. I found it. Um, so this brings us to our final topic, um, which I'm not going to go into huge, uh, a huge deal of detail about these individual um, things, but there is a few, quite a few things. Um, Cuba is currently working on beefing up its international relationships, uh, which it's basing entirely on solidarity uh, and mutual benefit. Um, so I guess we can start by pointing out that uh, last year Cuba joined China's Belt and Road Initiative, uh, which is going to see a lot of uh, infrastructure development. Uh, 
It'll probably ease their oil crisis, um, things like that. And then there is, obviously they've, they've been wanting to drive home that Russia and Cuba have had very good um, diplomatic relations since before the existence of the Russian Federation. I mean, <clears throat> actually the, the collapse of the Soviet Union put a real hit on uh, Cuba's um, economy and development. But uh, whenever Cuba was faced, this is just a headline, right? Whenever Cuba was faced with challenges and emergencies, Russia has extended its generous hand. That is a headline from Grandma, as in the official uh, publication of the Communist Party of Cuba's Central Committee. Um, Miguel Mario Diaz-Canel Bermudez, first secretary of the Central Committee of the Communist Party of Cuba and president of the Republic at the State Duma of the Federal Assembly of the Russian Federation, that's a mouthful, um, on November 22nd, 2020, uh, 2022, year 64 of the revolution. Um, I, I'm just gonna go with a couple of excerpts here to keep it brief, but parliamentary relations between Russia and Cuba constitute an important pillar of bilateral ties and a key element for the promotion and development of our economic, commercial, financial, and cooperation ties. Um, in recent years, these relations have deepened significantly. The exchange between our delegations has grown even in spite of the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, and then he addressed um, the members of parliament talking about Cuba's economic situation. By the way, drop the US blockade, right? Yep. Uh, yeah. Cuba's economic situation is complex at the present time due to a group of factors fundamentally of its external nature or of an external nature. In the first place, the tightening of the economic, commercial, and financial blockade by the United States in a way that is unprecedented in the history of this cruel and genocidal policy. Since 2019, the former president of the United States, Donald Trump, implemented 243 measures that have affected the main sectors of the economy that contribute to the National Economic and Social Development Plan until 2030. The vast majority of these measures are maintained in force by the current administration of President Biden. Both parties have the same interests, and that is upholding capital. Two heads, same monster, both neoliberal conservatives. Right. Um, and then the last part before I move on to the next one, which is also about Russia. In these difficult circumstances, Cuba can count on the support and understanding of its closest friends, among which are the Russian Federation and, of course, the deputies of this legislative body who can pay, play a fundamental role in the promotion of important projects in the economic sphere. Um, And, and then um, Diaz-Canal proceeded to talk about, um, you know, the, the relationship between Putin and Castro when he was alive and between um, the Moscow City Duma and the, the Federal Duma. And um, he goes into pretty good depth of the, the historical relationships 
Um, it talks about Fidel visit, visiting uh, the Soviet Union in 1963 um, among the places he went, Leningrad, uh, which he always revered for its epic resistance for more than 900 days against the blockade of the fascist troops. I want to shout out a documentary series that I recently watched. It's uh, produced in Russia. It's called Soviet Storm. It's about the Eastern Front of World War II. And uh, they have an episode, obviously they have an episode on Leningrad. And um, the things that the Soviet citizens endured at Leningrad and still came out on top is just inspiring. Oh yeah, it is. Um, And then he recalled on Putin's words on the passing of Fidel Castro six years ago, quote, Fidel Castro was a sincere friend on whom Russia could rely. He made a huge contribution to the formation and development of Russian-Cuban relations to close, uh, to close strategic cooperation in all fields. And basically, um, you know, he said that the ties between Russia and Cuba are um, indestructible. Um, and then I thought that there was more pictures in this for some reason, but there's also, you know, pictures of uh, uh, Diaz-Canal and Putin um, visiting landmarks together. Uh, there's a statue of Fidel Castro in Moscow, actually, that I did not know about until this article. Um, but uh, the leader of the Russian Orthodox Church said Cuba is an example of how truth can win out over force. It's a, it's a really good article. Out of the three that, I've, that I talked about for Russia, that one's, I think, the best. Um, I, I just threw the comment or the link in the comments if anybody wants to check it out. Um, so the presidents of Cuba and Algeria reported the results of their meeting. Um, um, there we go, in which they agreed to boost economic, trade, financial, and cooperative ties. Um, according to information from the presidency of the island, the Algerian president informed about the offer to Cuba of a solar energy plant for the production of electricity, of agreements related to the supply of fuel, or fuel to the nation, as well as interest to cooperate in the production of medicines and vaccines. So basically Cuba is going to these countries and being like, hey, we can help you with medicinal advances if you can help us get the equipment. We can help you with vaccine advancements if you help us produce electricity. I mean, this is right. real real tangible solidarity. Genuine mutual aid. I can meet your need. Can you meet my need? Let's share. Right. Um, the next one is Cuba and Venezuela. The, the headline is in every beat of health. Um, and basically they are, the Venezuelans are, as I understand it, um you know like cooperating specifically on health so like getting medical equipment in exchange for vaccines um i mean pretty straightforward 
Um, yeah. The, and on top of that, there's a bunch of Venezuelan workers that have been trained in Cuba. Um, electro uh, electromedical technicians, um, stuff like that. I mean, for that matter, doctors. Cuba trains more doctors than any other country on earth. They even have made it possible for people from other countries to come there and go to medical school for free on the contingency that once you've graduated, you donate a portion of your time to giving that care for free to the poor and needy. Yep. Um, Cuba and Argentina are strengthening ties in the agricultural se uh, sector um, bilaterally. Um, President Alberto Fernandez voiced his support against the blockade, um, as did all but a couple of uh, countries in the UN, and you can guess who they were. <laughs> Anyway, uh, Diaz-Canel acknowledged the importance of the multiple, multiple projects carried out in Cuba with Argentine support, especially the grain project in the central region, and expressed his willingness to continue promoting joint projects and sponsoring those related to the food agro industry, renewable energy sources, and others associated with foreign investment and domestic trade, both wholesale and retail. Um, the Argentine, the okay, the uh, president of Argentina said uh, that these um, experiences and pro, uh, programs said that the members of the visiting delegation will evaluate the details to start the agri agricultural project of grain production in December. He assured that the information they have on soil, water, and irrigation systems added to the experience of Cuban and Argentine technicians can yield great productivity. Um, which brings me to the final thing. Um, all of this comes down to the anti-imperialist struggle. Um, and the headline, I think, says a lot. Uh, United, we are stronger in the anti-imperialist struggle. The international meeting ran for three days in Havana and gathered 145 delegates from 78 parties of communists and workers affiliations from 60 countries took place in crucial moments for the world when humanity is debating between the war promoted by the centers of world capitalism and the aspiration for peace and development to which our peoples have the right. Um, the meeting generated a space for reflection, exchange, unity, and collaboration, for agreement on common positions and actions, and for international solidarity with the cause of the workers' struggle with the Cuban Revolution and the peoples facing imperialist and fascist aggression. Um, most of it is, uh, you know, like to be developed ahead of the next meeting. Um, I'm going to put this in the comments if anybody wants to read more uh, details. Um, yeah, I think that's really all I have. Um, besides, you know, like the usual wrapping it up stuff. I'm gonna drop another link in the comments. This is for a Facebook event for the Movement for People's Democracy uh, discussion panel with Tom Watts and Jake Hansberry of the White Panther Party. Um, 
That's a terrible link. Why is that so long? Oh, I know what I did wrong. Let me let me delete that and put the right link. There we go. Um, so basically, um, the reason that I brought that up is to um, encourage everyone to attend the Movement for a People's Democracy webinar with Tom Watson, Jake. Um, it, for those that don't know, Tom Watts is an original White Panther, like 60s era White Panther. Um, chairman Jake is the current chairman of the current White Panther Party, um, which is a present day revolutionary organization focused on anti-imperialist, anti-racist work to build unity across the multinational, multi-ethnic working class in America. The event will be held via Zoom and are all are invited to attend. Follow the link. It says below, that's funny, but the link is in the comments. Follow link in the comments on December 21st at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Um, we have a public Discord. It's the pinned comment in the, um, in the live chat, not the Patreon link that's on your screen. Um, but you can join us to discuss topics in real time. We can build relationships with each other. We can learn new things together. With your support, this can become. I didn't finish that either. Next week, that'll be finished. With your support, this can become. <laughs> what can it become? Well, it's, it's really up to you. <laughs> no. Um, we experimented a while back with doing a patron only discord and we never really put the work necessary into growing it out. And we decided that now is the time we're all sick of Facebook, right? I mean, we still use Facebook as the primary like live chat for our streams, but for the most part, we're all sick of Facebook, right? We don't have to worry about mm -hmm. al algorithms burying shit in there. Um, and we don't have to worry about pissing off the Zuck Right. Um, I, I think if we actually get in there and dive into it and engage that we can build out this discord and have a, a smoother running platform than what Facebook makes available. Facebook just wants agreed. to limit. Um, of course, as far as like our content goes, all of our shows are on our website uh, for wearemany.org. Um, in addition to that, um, writings from various comrades are published under the Dispatches for the Deep on forwearemany.org. Um, we have also been posting, you know, like our own articles. Um, there's one on the new army weapons. There's one on um, the cost of militarized police um well there's a bunch i mean honestly just click through there's there's a whole bunch uh we talk about eco-socialism uh we talk about um a lot <laughs> and of course we have a lot of old uh podcast pieces that are available on podcast platforms and on our website 
around various different labor struggles or historical events. We will be doing more of those. Um, and for that matter, if you want to be part of the staff, just hit us up and let us know. Um, keep your eyes out on Stalin's birthday for a piece about Stalin. Um, keep your eyes open on Mao's birthday for a piece about Mao. Um, and we're, we're trying to get into the habit of doing a this day in history thing. Um, so, you know, if you have any suggestions for those, you know, feel free to leave them in the comments. Um, if they're not already on the list, we can add them. But we are on... Uh, oh, yeah, I guess I should plug the Patreon again, huh? Um, any size donation <laughs> that you are comfortable making helps. Any amount, literally any amount helps. Uh, and with your support, we can grow this project into a, a more broad, independent leftist media source. Uh, the link for that is patreon.com slash for we are many. Um, and we are going to be doing our patron only events now will be taking place in the patron only section of our discord server. Um, more information about that as we figure out what we're going to do and when. Um, but we're open to suggestions on that too. Um, so we're on also, Facebook. What? I uh, just want to let everyone know, keep your eyes open for the Panther education courses too. Um, there's a few more that we have to get uh, published and whatnot uh, for the current class, but there are already videos up of the United Panther Movement Hassan Shakur political education course. If you'd like to start with that, that's a great baseline to start to learn some Maoist thought and Pantherism. Um, as well I as agree, but I, I, I do want to interject and say that it's better to attend the classes live, um, which they will be restarting on the 8th of January. We're going to kick off the new year with a new uh, kind of revamped Hassan Shakur education course. Um, I will be one of the facilitators of that. We will be streaming it on For We Are Many podcast, of course, but also like it's a lot of help to like join into the zoom rooms and actually like participate in the discussions um be able to ask questions and um i encourage everybody to do it um if, if if you're interested we are we are more than happy to um help teach um but yeah i mean that's that's directly what I've been working on lately um, since I've become Minister of Education. Um, so, yeah. Uh, we also will be doing an advanced class. Um, those will not be streamed on for We Are Many, but I mean, if we know you and you're like dedicated and you want to do this and you've already, especially if you've already completed the Hassan Shakur class, um, just let us know and we'll see what you what, what we can do about getting you into the um, advanced class. And if not, it might have to wait till next time because we don't want to have huge classes for the advanced course. Um, but that being said, um, next time around would also be um, 
also be possible. But we are on, we are also a proud member of the Left Signal Boost TV Collective. Uh, we are on Facebook. Um, that's facebook.com slash for We Are Many Podcasts. That's probably where most of you are connecting with us. Um, we are on Instagram at For We Are Many Podcast. YouTube, uh, just search for For We Are Many Podcast. Twitter, actually, this needs to be updated. Twitter was changed about a month ago to at For We Are Many Pod. That being said, other than the live streams that, that go there through Restream, we don't really do much on Twitter uh anymore ever since it's become uh elon musk's playground um right. we are on tiktok we are working on uh building up content on that account as of right now there's basically nothing on it but give it a couple of weeks that's also at for we are many podcast and all of our streams also go to twitch at for we are many podcast um I think that's all I got. If you got anything else before we go into the, I almost said the credits. Pretty sure we covered it all. <laughs> Sick. So, on that note, thank you everyone for joining us once again. We appreciate you. Love, peace, and solidarity. Amen. Oh, really? <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> Fucking internet.